More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, dropped calls. Is communication breaking down between you and someone important to you? Let us help you break through the static and get a stronger connection. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, dropped calls. Well, gosh, I hope not. I mean, that <laughs> not your calls. Make, make, not, make not for our kind of quiet call. radio program. No, <laughs> no. We, we're, we this, the title of the show is dropped calls because we're talking about communication breakdowns. Uh, is communication breaking down between you and someone important to you? I mean, it could be someone close to you, like a spouse, one of your kids, whether they're younger kids or an adult kid could be a coworker, a family member, friend at church, whatever. The reality is communication is challenging, and we want to help you break through the static and get a stronger connection with whomever you're trying to communicate with. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Of course, if you're listening to the More to Life podcast, and we hope you do every day, you can always shoot your questions to us via email and the address for that questions at more to life radio.com that's with the number two questions at more to life radio.com you know greg you're talking about all these communication breakdowns and for some reason as, as you're going through you know the ways that this can happen in our relationships i'm thinking of all of our poor priests out there who are so desperate to get the message through to their parishioners either in that like four minute homily they get to do or just in in what they're putting out in the bulletin or even conversations and and then they find out people interpreted it completely incorrectly, or they, they, he's, they're being told, you know, oh, Father said this, and you're like, I never said that, I said this. <laughs> you know, when we have communication with people, especially when we're not with them every day, day in and day out, it makes it very hard to communicate and be understood and get things accomplished or fixed in a relationship, because there's there's what you say, and then there's what people hear in their head, because, of course, they're having their own conversation while they're listening to you because they want to answer you, and they have three people who said something to them before along the same line in their lives, and they're getting defensive, and all of this makes real communication kind of difficult sometimes. I think the drop calls title is, is a good one because think about that. And that actually happened to me last week where I was on the phone with somebody and then bam, they went through, you know, one of those zones without cell phones and it dropped and you're still talking, not realizing they're not there. 
And then you have to say, well, where do we leave off? And what did you hear? And what didn't you hear? And that can just be life. And it makes life a little bit more complicated, a little bit more difficult. And it kind of exhausts us at times. So if you're trying to get through to somebody about something that's important to you, or even on the daily basis of things that need to get done, and it's just not working the way you wanted to with the effect that you wanted to have, let's talk about the new skills we can give you today to work that out so that your life runs more smoothly and those relationships get stronger and better and more supportive for both of you. 877-573-7825. Are you having a hard time getting someone to listen to you? Maybe they're struggling or outright refusing to listen to your needs or address your concerns, respect your opinions. Maybe you're attempting to communicate with someone you care about, uh, but it's backfiring or leading to misunderstandings or conflict. Or alternatively, maybe there are things you feel like you need to say to somebody, but you just don't know how to find the right words, the right time, the right way. You're afraid they're going to blow up or not take it well. So you've just been keeping your mouth shut, but you, you, know, you feel the tension in your gut about, I just really have to address this, but I don't know how. However, communication breakdowns are complicating your life. We want to help you find grace-filled ways to break through the static and create stronger connections. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 573 7825. I think, you know, especially in this time, you know, we, we run into all kinds of disagreements about faith, about politics, about personal issues, whatever that challenge is that you're struggling to communicate effectively with someone you care about. Give us a call, 877-573-7825. And you may not be thinking, well, there's a particular topic, but if there is tension in a relationship between you and another person or group of people, if you're not getting your needs met, if they're telling you you're, that, that you're not meeting their needs in some way, if you're dreading seeing somebody because it just doesn't go well, all of that stuff goes right under this heading of something is not going well and how you're communicating with each other. It's not bringing you closer together. It's not creating communion between you and other people. So let's get it out of the way or do what we can to help you take the steps you need to take to have an easier relationship with the people in your life. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's theology of the body. And if you don't know what that is, um, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of talks over the course of five years um, that looked at how we can discern God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships by prayerfully reflecting on God's design and creation, especially how he created our bodies to thrive. And the theology of the body reminds us that the primary work of building the kingdom of God involves building real communities of love between us and the people that share our life. Seeking to understand another person, especially when it's difficult, is what allows communication to become communion. Really listening to each other is so hard sometimes. But if loving another person means helping them to become everything God created them to be, then love begins with taking the time to really listen to each other so that we know what each person needs to grow and to flourish. 877-573-7825. 
You know, the fact is the more difficult a conversation is and the more important we feel it is to get our point across, the more important it is to listen to the other person's needs, their concerns, their perception of what we're saying, and the reasons they're having a hard time hearing us. And that can be challenging, of course, but when we find ourselves experiencing any kind of communication breakdown, the first thing we need to do is pray in that moment and just say, you know, Lord, please give me your heart to love this person the way you'd have me love them. Give me your ears to hear their concerns and give me the words to say that would help me attend to their needs while still communicating my own too. And if we can pray in our own words, uh, that kind of a prayer, when we're going into tough conversations, God's going to help us use every conversation to grow in virtues like self-control, respect, compassion, love. Cultivating that spirit of understanding isn't just a good relationship tip. It's a spiritual exercise that allows us to love each other as God loves us. So we're taking your calls today on our show titled Dropped Calls as we talk about communication breakdowns between you and the people in your life. Whatever the issue is, if you're feeling misunderstood, uh, if you feel like you've tried to articulate your concerns, your needs, your opinions, uh, and they're being rejected or it's blowing up in your face. If somebody's stonewalling you every time you try to bring something up and they're like, oh, I don't want to talk about this now, or they ignore you or they grunt at you and go, yeah, uh uh-huh, and are not really listening. Give us a call, 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and we'll start taking your calls and questions here on More to Life. In the name of the Father, Father, and and the the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence, and we bring to you all those things that we find difficult to talk about, those times when we feel that we've tried to communicate our heart, our needs, our concerns, our faith, our opinions to somebody, and it's just not going well. Um, They're not hearing us. They're not responding in ways that we find helpful. Help us to know how to break through those barriers to communication and to effectively work with others to build greater communion through effective communication. Help us, Lord, especially to know how to listen with your ears, to feel with your heart, and to communicate with your words so that you who have the words of everlasting life can teach us how to speak what we need to speak so that we can create stronger, healthier, godlier relationships in every situation. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name name of the the Father, Father, the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, dropped calls. We're, we're hoping not to drop your call, but uh, <laughs> if you are having a community... Oh, oh, Eric. Thanks. Eric has been on a tear wow. these it's, days. He's just the sound effect king. <laughs> yeah. So if it sounds like that, when you try to talk to someone you care about, give us a call at 877-573-7825. I was actually talking with someone this morning about this very thing. Uh, the, the, they were struggling to have an effective conversation about, you know, well, the, the, the mom wanting to come home full time. Mm. And, you know, the, the, uh, the dad was supportive of that, but, but had a lot of financial concerns. And, you know, the, even though they were sympathetic to each other, you know, the way she felt about it was that, you know, uh, the, 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 the conversation was getting polarized. That's what happens with a lot of couples. You know, when, when I bring up a concern, I'm, you know, to you, for example, uh, you might list a whole bunch of reasons why you're concerned about doing that thing. And you're not trying to shut me down. 
but it comes off like you're giving me 20 reasons why I can't have what I want. And, and instead of it being a more, and then, be, and then it becomes immediately polarized, where I feel defensive and I have to say, well, well, but 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 this is why I should, I should want what I want, and, and, and why it's okay for me to want what I want. And then you say, well, yeah, but here are 3,000 concerns why that's wrong. Instead, what we need to do as couples, uh, and this is just a, a free tip for everybody to kick off the show, is, is, is recognize that those concerns need to be part of the solution. So when I come to you know you Lisa and I say hey this is important to me instead of coming up with 20 reasons why that would be a terrible thing it's helpful to be able to say well look I can understand why you'd want that you know here are the concerns that I have too now let's figure out together how to incorporate all those concerns in a solution that will work for both of us and the more we can do that the less we are likely to polarize that conversation and feel like we're you know kind of at each other and, and more, the more we're able to feel like we're on the same team working together to resolve issues. Yeah, because that, we never really are in a conversation between just two people or mm-hmm. two groups of people. It's those two people and every life circumstance that gets triggered by whatever it is we're discussing and all of their history and all of their emotional baggage. And it can make it very complicated. Let's get some of that complication out of the way for you today. Give us a call on More to Life with your questions or concerns at 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Kathleen, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Nebraska on Spirit Catholic Radio. Hey, Kathleen, welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out? I have a 24-year-old. He's uh, living on his own, um, working at a restaurant, and um, he just seems a little depressed and... and, um, He's no longer attending church, even though, um, you know, during his upbringing, we took him to church every weekend. Um, I just can't get through to um, him as to what he wants out of life. And um, I, it, there's a breakdown in communication totally. Mm-hmm. He, he, he answers with one word, replies when we ask him a question. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know how to um, get through to him about his future. Yeah. Let me ask you this. How, how often do you see him? What kinds of things do you do together? Um, you know, you know how, how I just want to get a better sense of the, the broader relationship. Um, I text with him maybe once a week and then maybe once, uh, twice a month, uh, he'll come out for dinner. And we'll just like maybe for a football game or uh, watch mm-hmm. a Creighton basketball game on on TV or something. And mm-hmm. um, it it's some it's not always just one on one. There's other people around, like his brother or something. And um, but you know, it's he's he's very quiet and reserved, and that's not normally how he's been in the past. Yeah. So um, that's why I'm just sure. wondering how to get pull out of him what is wrong. Why is he so just set on his path and not mm-hmm. uh, trying to get now, it more? Yeah, go ahead. Kathleen, you, you said that his brother is around. Does his brother get any sense of what's going on with him? Are they closer because they're siblings and there's not that parent-child kind of pressure going on, or, or does he not even have a sense of it right now? Yeah, he doesn't talk to him much, uh, okay. I don't think, at all. Okay. They, they I think your instincts are, I think 
I, I think your instincts are on target, that there's something going on. Um, but and this is something we talk about in our book, um, having meaningful, sometimes difficult conversations with our adult sons and daughters. And I'm going to really encourage you to, to check that out as a follow-up to the call here. Um, but one of the things we talk about in that book is, and this is true for any relationship, but especially relationships with adult kids, are in order for a conversation to go well, the relationship has to be deep enough to contain the conversation we want to have. Now, what do I mean by that? So, you know, imagine for a minute that you're trying to pour a gallon of milk into a shot glass. You're going to have a mess on your hands, right? It's not going to go well. And, you know, what we tend, what we tend to do, metaphorically speaking, is instead of recognizing the glass is just too small, we say, well, it's my technique. You know, maybe if I just, maybe I poured, if I poured slower, then it would all fit. Or if I poured really quickly, then it would all just go in at once. Or, or if I turned around three times and hopped up and down, and then I poured it, it would work. The, the problem isn't our technique. It's not that we haven't found the right ways to say the thing. The problem is that the relationship, the, the shot glass in this case, is too small to contain the stuff I want to pour in it. And if, and if I'm having, so what you're describing, you know, a, a relationship where you have like a text with him once a week, um, and then he comes over once or twice a month. Um, I think that relationship is is too shallow to have the deeper conversation that you want to have. And and the problem with trying to bring things up, unless you have more contact with him, it's very easily going to turn into him feeling like a project, which, which you're not trying to do. But um, because there's not enough connection otherwise, it, he he's going to interpret that as, you know, mom just sees me as a problem and I don't want to talk about it, so I'm going to give her these one-word one, an one word answers and stonewall her. So the, the answer to the question here, Kathleen, is, is I would encourage you to work on having more contact, you know, texting him every day, for instance, uh, not, not, you know, and I'm not talking about this, you know, hey, this and such happened and I was thinking about you and I just wanted to let you know I was praying for you, you know, how's it going? You know, and just just a daily text along those lines. It's chatty, that's newsy, that's just friendly and casual, because that that lets that lets him know that you're thinking about him. You're not just thinking of him as a project, but you're thinking of him as a person, and you care about him, and you're trying to stay in touch, trying to you know say say you know we have, we could have a weekly phone call. And again, in that phone call, you're not necessarily saying, you know, let's talk about what's wrong with you. Let's talk about the even though you want to, because I get it as a parent. If my kid's suffering, I want to go fix the problem, right? But but maybe my kid isn't in a place where they're ready to hear that but if but they're willing to kind of come alongside of me if they feel supported if they feel like uh you know we have a strong connection and that lets them open up eventually to me you know seeing them one seeing them one-on-one asking them to go to breakfast with you and not making it about this making it about just spending time with him and as you draw closer and as the relationship becomes deeper it will either give you a natural opening to bring this stuff up or he'll open up to you uh, because he's he finally he feels like the relationship is deep enough to um, to contain the conversation you want to have you know Matthew Kelly has a book called the seven levels of intimacy and and he he talks about you know well one of the things there if you move from one level of intimacy to a level of intimacy that's just too much too deeper so like the first level is just you know friendly exchanges how are you today oh I'm fine thanks how are you right that just lets people know that you're basically well socialized person and you're not crazy and it's safe to be around you but the second the second level is is where you share facts you know just current events so great game last night right or what's happened uh, you know in the news did you see this uh, you know and then the next level is opinions and the next level after that is hopes and dreams and the next level after that is is needs uh, or uh, feelings excuse me uh, and then it goes on from there but if you so let's say if your average conversation with your with your 
your son, and I'm not saying this is true, but just for the sake of illustration, if your average conversation never gets past current events... Which can happen when you're just seeing each other in, like, family groups and watching football games, of course. Then jumping up all the way to level seven needs and concerns becomes, you know, it, it, it's too deep, right? So my, you need to deepen the, the relationship first so that it's deep enough to contain the conversations you want to have. We've got to go to break, but I would encourage you to build on the suggestions that we've made here by following up with the book, How to Have Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult, Conversations with Our Adult Sons and Daughters. It's published by Word Among Us Press, and it's available wherever Catholic books are sold, but especially at catholiccounselors.com. Kathleen, thank you so much for the call. Don't hesitate to reach out to us again if there's more we can do to support you. All right, with that, we got to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about communication breakdowns on our show titled Dropped Calls, 877-573-7825. Give us a call and let us know who are you having a hard time communicating with. What's happening? Let us help you break through the static and create stronger connection. Back in a minute. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. How are we treating God? Are we treating him like a magic wand, a rabbit's foot, only going to him when we need something? The results, if we don't stay in a relationship with God, and I know this from personal experience, much of the suffering that I had in my life has been brought on by my own stupid mistakes. We have to have God front and center of our life every day. As Father Michael Schmidt says, we're all called to be saints. We have to stand up and fight. We can't just grab God when we need something. He's not a slot machine. Putting coins in, then pulling the one-armed bandit and expecting to win a big prize. We have to have that relationship with God so we can truly do His will and be truly happy. So follow Him, not just once in a while, but every single moment. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popcheck. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, and today our show is titled Dropped Calls as we talk about communication breakdowns between you and the people in your life. Are you struggling to get your point across to somebody, to feel like they're listening to your message or responding to your concerns or respecting your opinion? Or maybe you're just having a hard time finding the right words to say the thing that just needs to be said, and you don't know how to get it out. Well, let's talk about it. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 877- Five seven three, seven eight two five. Let's talk now with Pete, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Illinois on Spirit Catholic Radio. Hi, Pete. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? 
Good morning. Hey, I'm uh, part of a eight-person Christian band, and we have for the past several months been recognizing the need to improve our communication amongst each other. I wanted to share something. It's actually something one of the other band members pointed out that stuck with me. Uh, we live in a time where we have so many methods to send our messages, but what we're really short on is good receivers. And this person suggested that we really need to look to ourselves in when we're listening, to be listening ready to change ourselves, ready to accept what the other person's hearing. And so my thought is rather than work on my uh, my methods for sending messages, maybe I should start with how I receive them. And I just wanted to share that. I, I thought that was a, a I, I think that's very up. insightful, Pete, and I really appreciate it. And, and I love the fact that you've got a good Christian band of a bunch of guys who actually care about this stuff and communicate this with each other. And I think you're you're right. Even when you go back to the idea of we have a million ways to send messages, how many of us just look at that text, that email, that message at the speed of light and don't even really take those words in all the time? And and part of the first step of being a good receiver is to actually ask people to clarify if you've got it right in the first place as you're trying to receive their message. Well, honestly, Pete, um, the, the, the first tip I would give anybody who is struggling to communicate is to say less. Um, in other words, the biggest mistake we make in, in trying to communicate with somebody is we is, is we say too much. You know, we we think if we just explain ourselves over and over again, or or offer more examples, or say it one more time, uh, they'll finally get where we're coming from. Uh, it, but in fact, it's better in those times to actually say less, right? So instead of throwing more words at the other person, we need to ask that simple question: Can you tell me what you're hearing me say? Right. I mean, I think that's a good way of being that receiver and that, that also respects my desire to send a, more, a clearer message. Because if, if I'm not getting through to somebody, um, instead of just repeating it and repeating it and saying it in different ways and trying to come up with, it's, it's good to kind of step back, say less, and ask that question. You know, can you help me understand what you're hearing me say? You know, what, what, when I say these things, what, what, what in, how is it you know, affecting you or what it's, what's it bringing out in you? you know, what, how am I coming across to you? And being willing to hear that, and as you're saying, Pete, change in response to that. And, and that, you know, I, I, I made the point at the beginning of the show that being a good communicator isn't just a, a good relationship tip. It's, it's a spiritual exercise. Because what you're really talking about here is the importance of growing in humility. And humility isn't about beating myself up and feeling bad about myself. Humility is about recognizing that I don't have all the answers and that I need to listen. Uh, and this is just another way to do that so that we can get our message across and hear the message that other people are trying to communicate to us. If you're struggling with communication with somebody you care about, give us a call, 877-573-7825. Do we, the people in the pews, have the responsibility to be witnesses to the gospel in the way we act and speak? Yes, asserts the Catholic Catechism. The Catechism defines witness as an act of justice that establishes truth or makes it known. As a witness... We manifest the new person we have put on in baptism, and we reveal the power of the Holy Spirit which was strengthened in us through reception of confirmation. Martyrdom, says the Catechism, is the supreme witness to the truth given us through faith. St. Ignatius of Antioch boldly proclaimed, 
Let me become food of the beast through whom it will be given to reach God. The Catechism hails martyrs as archives of truth written in letters of blood. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. The Heart of the Interior Life with Elizabeth Jingle. In the sixth rule of St. Ignatius of Loyola's 14 Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, he instructs us to extend ourselves in some suitable way of doing penance, to assist us in changing ourselves and our response to the experience of spiritual desolation. Father Timothy Gallagher writes, The penance is suitable when it counters the precise tendency to flight we feel in the spiritual desolation and permits us to act against the specific form of desolation we are undergoing. St. Ignatius is directing us to consider a suitable penance that will be an action that counters the very actions the desolation is pushing one towards. For example, if the lies of the enemy during spiritual desolation make a person feel far from God, a suitable way of doing penance could be an intentional turning to God in prayer and with trust. What suitable form of penance might you practice in spiritual desolation? For more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. Hi, I'm Lisa Popchak. Nothing taxes our relationship with our adult kids as much as the expectation that they should obey us. As parents, we remember when our children were little and we could get away with because I said so. Although we don't recommend that approach at any stage, we guarantee that you will fail to communicate with your adult children if you demand obedience. The Catechism of the Catholic Church notes, Obedience towards parents ceases with the emancipation of our children. Certainly, our children owe us their respect, just as any human being owes respect to others in a relationship. But our adult children aren't obliged to do what we say. Catholic parents are still called to help our adult kids lead godly adult lives, but we're called to do it as mentors and witnesses, not masters and commanders. To learn how you can have a healthy mentoring relationship with your adult kids, check out our book, Having Meaningful and Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Your Adult Sons and Daughters, or visit catholiccounselors.com. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. Our show today is titled Dropped Calls as we talk about communication breakdowns between you and the people in your life. We want to help you break through the static and get a stronger connection. Give us a call. That number is 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Are you tuning in via podcast? Well, you can still send your questions to us. The email address is questions at moretoliferadio.com. So are you having a hard time getting somebody to listen to you? Are they? Are you struggling with them or outright they're refusing to listen to you, to address your needs, your concerns, or respect your opinions? Are your attempts to communicate with someone that you care about backfiring or leading to misunderstandings or conflict or alternatively... Are there things you feel you need to say to someone, but you're struggling to find those right words? However communication breaks down, it's complicating your life. So let us help you find grace-filled ways to break through the static 
and create stronger connections. Are you beating your head against the wall with somebody? Are you fussing? Are you fighting? Are you not communicating or talking the way you wish you could? Well, let's help you today at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Greg, we have a message here from Sarah, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Pennsylvania. And she said, I'm the primary caregiver to my 92-year-old mom. It's hard, but she deserves good care, so I take it on. My sister doesn't help much. And she criticizes me so much. If I suggest she comes come for a weekend to give me a break, or I ask her opinion on a decision about mom's care, I do this so that she doesn't get accusatory when mom passes, she says, put her in a nursing home since you can't handle it. I feel like I don't know how to communicate my needs or mom ne- mom's needs with her, and I don't know what to do anymore. Sarah in Pennsylvania. Sarah, thank you so much for the message. And, you know, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. I can't tell you how common this problem is, um, where the care of an elderly parent falls to one sibling and the other siblings are either not involved or not involved in helpful ways or even critical of uh, of the, the one sibling who's doing most of the heavy lifting on the, on the care. So you're not alone uh, for what that's worth, but, but uh, I do understand how painful this can be. So... Problem is, of course, we can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. And a lot of times the resistance to caring for an elderly parent has to do with relationship problems that that child, you know, that adult child had with that parent. Um, And this is sort of a passive aggressive way of saying, I didn't feel like they were there for me. And so now why should I be there for them? And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that justifies anything. That's, that's a, a terrible way to communicate that message. But I, I think that the, my, my point is it's not just that your sister is, um, that you're not communicating well to your sister. It's that there are, there's baggage there that, that, is, that is blocking that message. I think the best thing you can do, uh, number one, is be direct about what you need. You know, if you, if, you, if you need her to come, you know, on Friday from whatever time to whatever time, I would just come out and directly say, listen, I really need your help from this time to that time. Yeah, because I, I want to emphasize that in your message, Sarah, you said if you suggest that your sister comes for a weekend to give you a break. This is not a person you can suggest anything to. Greg's right. You've got to give her a time and a place and say, this is what I need. Then if she absolutely refuses to do it, at least you're absolutely firm on what your standing is with her. Yeah. So the second, the second tip on this is if she absolutely refuses, even when you're direct with her. And, and just one more qualifier on this. You know, we, we have a tendency to you know, want to ask people to either do something for us or respect a boundary that we set and have them like it. And if they don't like it, then we feel like, well, I shouldn't ask that. I'm asking you to get get past that and recognize that she's not going to like anything you ask in terms of helping with your mom's care. So you just have to recognize that you need to be direct about it and just not put up with, you know, not, not, not let the rolling eyes or the nasty comments or whatever, um, you know, so you say, hey, I really need you to be there to take, help take care of mom next Saturday from thus, thus and such time to that time. And, and if she says, well, I don't understand why you don't just put her in a nursing home if you can't do it all. You know, you say to her, well, I appreciate your comment, but that's got nothing to do with next Saturday. I really still need you to be there. 
right? So you don't let her off the hook easily. If she absolutely refuses to do it, then I would suggest you want to you stop going back to the dry well over and over again. And yeah, because there's two forms of communication, right? There's the verbal communication. And we all want that to go smoothly and everybody to pat each other on the head and tell each other how great they are communicating with one another and meeting each other's needs. And then there's the behavioral communication. And your sister's really showing you so far that she, she's not interested in buying in to the caregiving relationship with mom. Now, if you're more direct with her, that may change because she might just be sort of missing the point. But if, she, if you're direct with her, the way Greg is saying, giving her a time and a date and a place, and she outright, outright refuses, then she really is telling you, both with her behavior and her words and her, you know, everything, nah, this is not part of something I'm going to be doing with you. And then you're free to make your own decisions for mom and live in peace about it. Yeah, and I would, I, well, and part of not going back to the dry well means looking for other sources of support. You know, instead of getting caught up in the shoulds, well, my sister should be here. Well, of course she should. And we should also have world peace. Uh, and we should, uh, you know, have a lot of things that we don't. Um, but the more we end up shooting all over ourselves, uh, as, as they say in therapy, um, the more we get stuck, right? And so if your sister refuses, to um, help, then you need to contact a local home health agency uh, to learn more about the services that they provide, the respite cares that they can provide to give you a break, and you find other ways to do it. And and in those in those cases, you can say to your sister, "Well, hey, I'm, you know, since you're not able, available to come, I need you to kick in on the you know home health thing." She probably won't do that either, but you can still be direct there, and and give her that invitation. Right. So number one. Be direct with the needs. Number two, don't be put off by the resistance that you get or the nasty comments. Just double down on what your need is and don't let her off the hook easily. Number three, if she still gets off the hook, um, removes herself from the hook, then don't keep going back to that dry well. Instead, look for other ways to meet that meet that need that you've got. Otherwise, you're just going to grow in resentment and frustration as your sister doesn't listen to you and your needs increase. We are taking your calls right now about dropped calls, about miscommunication or struggling communication between you and somebody that you care about. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let us help you break through the static and create a stronger connection. Let's talk now with Patrick, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi, Patrick. Welcome to More to Life. What's your question for us? Uh, well, I'm becoming a more devout Catholic. My wife and I are Catholics, and mm-hmm. I'm just, my wife is kind of, she thinks it's weird, and I'm just struggling to find a way <laughs> to communicate to her, you know, what I'm going through as I'm transforming and, and feeling closer to the Holy so Spirit. So give me an example. What, what is it exactly that she thinks is weird? Well, like, so yesterday I was, I uh, had my priest bless a, a brown scapular, and, and, and I'm, I'm making that commitment, and she didn't quite understand all that, and she just, she thinks it's weird that I'm praying the rosary every day and doing novenas, and, and again, we're both cradle Catholics, and I grew up in a parish that kind of, kind of just swept everybody through. And got the mm-hmm. basis of Catholicism. Let, and let, let me, sorry, sorry, Patrick. Just in the interest of time, I just uh, I, when you say that she thinks it's weird, though, I mean, is it that is it weird in the sense that she's just not used to you doing those things? Is it weird in the sense that I, 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 she I guess, she objects I, I to it in know. some way? I, well, I is, does she objection? But I, I can I can read her body language, and I know 
instead of embracing it, I, I just feel like she just just thinks it's you know just a phase, you know. Okay. All right. So, so a couple of thoughts here. Um, th- this goes back to what we were talking about with uh, who was it? Uh, the, the the gentleman that called in just to, uh, with the, the Pete. Pete. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Sure. This goes back to what we were talking about with Pete. You want to say less in these situations and give her a chance to say more. Um, you, you, what, I, what I'd say is, hey, honey, you know, I I I get the feeling, you know, and I could be wrong about this. Make sure you say I could be wrong about this because anytime we're reading body language or trying to read into somebody's intention, we've got to be humble enough to admit that maybe we're not adding up the math right. Say to her, you know, honey, I, there's whenever I did those things yesterday, I just got a this sort of sense from you that you just thought I was weird or you, you, it was off-putting to you or frustrating to you in some way. You know, and, and in fact, I, I kind of get that vibe from you when, whenever I'm doing, you know, any of these Catholic things I've been doing lately. Can you tell me what does it mean to you that I'm praying more, that I'm doing these things, that I'm deepening my faith? You, do you feel threatened by it? Do you feel upset about it? I mean, what, what are your concerns exactly? I'd really love to be able to talk through that with you. Right. So, so you want to set up a stage to not to not get offended by. The body language, or the or the pulled face, or you know the, the you know any of that stuff that she's giving you the sense that she thinks it's weird. It is. I mean, you know, from your, your context, in her defense, it is weird, right? I mean, it's something different. It's, a, it's something she's not used to. And she's not sure what's happening inside of you, and you know what's happening to my husband, and is he going to become one of these uh, religious freaks that just uh, you know? Just, and what does this you know, mean for our mean relationship? And I yeah. really don't understand. First of all, you really, Patrick, can't be just like doing this stuff doing devotionals and doing you know taking on more sacramentals in your life without really explaining her to her why so you really need to be you know making sure that every day you're talking about all sorts of things in your life but also really talking to her about your journey on a daily basis where god showed up for you what you learned today where you're going with god and why but but before you do that Ask her the question I proposed here, because the, if you just start talking about religion all the time... Yeah, she's going to shut down. She's going to shut down, right? So so it's got to be... You know, honey, I, I, I've i really been feeling this movement in my heart to, to really connect more with our faith and to really live you know, in accordance with the teachings of the church and, and to draw closer to God... And, um, but I get, you know, but I don't, I don't, I get the feeling it's making you uncomfortable and I don't want to make you uncomfortable. You know, I'm, I'm not going to stop being religious and, 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 you know, converting my heart, but, but I don't, I don't want to lose you in the process here. So what's going on with you? Like how, how, how do you feel about this and what are your concerns? And, you know, how can I make sure that whatever I'm doing to grow in my faith, I'm helping you feel like I'm still here for you. And, and that leads into the second point. Which is, as we become more religious, as we become more devout, we also have to become more relational, okay? Um, because especially when we're in a relationship with, with somebody who doesn't get what's happening to us. And especially when that somebody is literally one with us in the sacrament of marriage. So what I mean by that, okay, is that being a Christian disciple, including why we pray, is all about learning how to love the way God wants us to love, right? So we, we don't pray for the sake of prayer. We, we, we pray because we want to be closer to God so that he can teach us how to love differently than, we're used, than we used to love. And because that's what you know, Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. His whole ministry was about that, saying, look, the way the world loves is all messed up. 
And I appreciate where you're trying to come from, people, but the way you're doing it is all wrong. So I want you to look at me and learn how, what it means to love the way I love you. And so we pray and we go to Mass and we uh, do devotions so that by being more in God's presence, he can teach us how to love better the way he wants us to instead of the way that comes naturally to us. So what that means in your relationship is that as you are doing these prayers, let them inspire you to be the husband you never had the courage to be before. And ask the Holy Spirit every day, Lord, open my eyes to my wife's needs. Open my eyes to the little things I can do all day long to serve her and show her how much I love her. And don't be afraid to ask her. Every single day, start the day with, I love you so much, honey. What can I do to make your life a little easier, a little more pleasant today? And she's going to look at you like you sprouted a third head somewhere, you know? <laughs> she, But she will catch on if you actually follow through. And that's one of the greatest prayers that you can do, is ask the person that you are in love with and in sacrament with in your marriage how you can love them and serve them and make their day a little bit easier and more pleasant. That's living out the sacrament. That's humbling yourself. It's an incredible spiritual practice. And think about the things that your wife maybe has asked you to do or be aware of or sensitive to in the past that you maybe haven't done because, you know, it was outside your comfort zone or you just didn't feel like it or whatever. Let the grace you're getting from the prayers you're doing give you the courage to do those things too and when she looks at you funny like why are you being so nice to me then you can say you know i know you've realized or recognized that i'm becoming more religious and all that but as i'm drawing closer to god i'm just recognizing how much he loves you and he's challenging me to love you more that's what's show, going to, touch to show you how much he loves you yeah. and everything I do. I'm not day. suggesting you do this in a manipulative way. I'm saying do it. You know, it's got to come from your heart, with right? your whole heart and soul. But, but but all the prayer, all the devotions, all the all the grace you're getting from all of that should be manifesting itself in the way you love her, so that she can see not that she's losing you to church, but the church is giving you back to her in a way that she could never expect. And and you know, but it all starts with that question, okay? That I that I led with. Don't just don't get offended by the way she's reacting. It is weird. You're 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 being different than she's used to. She doesn't know how to take it. So start there and say, you know, honey, I I, I you know I'm being I'm drawn being drawn closer to God and the church, and but I get the feeling that's kind of concerning you somehow or upsetting you or you, and I you know I don't want you to f feel like I'm you know leaving you or whatever. I help me understand how I'm coming across to you and what are your concerns. All right, start there. And if there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We are here for you Thanks on the for show call, or at catholiccounselors.com. We're taking your calls at 877-573-7825. Our show is titled Dropped Calls as we talk about those times when communication breaks down or at least is struggling between us and someone we care about. Give us a call 877-573-7825. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day. Which comes to us from James chapter 1, verse 19. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Easier said than done, but, but good wisdom there. And you know, again, when we're trying to learn to communicate, sometimes we do need to say less. We need to be quick to hear and slow to speak. And that enables us as well to be slow to anger, as James writes. All right, with that, we've got to go to break. When we come back, more of your calls on our show titled Dropped Calls. We're talking about communication breakdowns, 877-573-7825.
Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria mutual funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. The church has a very high view of conscience. It's, I think it was St. John Henry Newman who called conscience the aboriginal vicar of Christ. The Catechism reads this way on conscience. The interior voice of a human being within whose heart the inner law of God is inscribed. Moral conscience is a judgment of practical reason about the moral quality of a human action. It moves a person at the appropriate moment to do good and to avoid evil. It offers some suggestions, uh, the Ten Commandments, the moral teachings of Jesus in the Gospels, the moral teachings of St. Paul. All of these things are used as a measure of how well we're doing. It is then up to the Catholic to take a look at the teaching of the church and to see if in fact they are in proper communion. The idea that you can dispense with the objective moral teachings of the church in favor of personalized conscience is lawless and anarchic. Cresta in the Afternoon with Al Cresta for Eastern on EWTN Radio. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I said to the churches one day, what do you think you're going to look like in heaven? Oh, some of them had absolutely magnificent ideas. I didn't think of one of them. So I got desperate because then my turn came. I didn't know what to say. And so in desperation, I said, what do you think I'll wear in heaven? And they all said with one voice, armor. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today's show is titled Dropped Calls as we talk about communication breakdowns between you and someone that's important to you. 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Stephanie, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Michigan on Ave Maria Radio. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out? Hi. Thanks for taking my call, and thank you guys for everything you do. I always get such great information and advice from you all. That's so um, kind. What can we do for you today? So I'll just give you a quick example. Um, my husband... My son does it, too, but he learns it from my husband. And how old is your son? He's 15. Okay. Okay. The main problem is my husband. Um, They just, they show no humility ever. They can do no wrong. Um, We were supposed to be somewhere, you know, I will tell my husband, we're going to leave at 3.30. And 20 minutes after 3.30, he's coming out to the car. I'm sitting out in the car waiting, and I tell him, I'm like, I don't understand why you can't respect a time. Like I said, we needed to leave at 3.30. And instead of just apologizing and saying, I know, I'm sorry, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to wear or whatever, and just apologize, he makes excuses. And he's like, well, you said you were going to be home at 3. And I said, what difference does it make what time I'm coming home? I said, we're leaving at 3.30. And he's not ready. And 
even when I point it out to him and just say, it would just be nice if you could apologize, he's dead silent. So the whole car ride, he's silent, and it's just infuriating to me. So after the silence, kind of what, what's the follow through there? Is is there? Does he just wait you out and you let it go, or are you ever? Do you keep? Do you keep up the pressure until you get the apology? I mean, what? How do you play this out? Uh, I do. I'm a nag. I will admit, and I know that does not help anything. But yeah, I bring it up because I don't want to walk into a party and like just act like everything's fine. I just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll bring it up again, and I'll be like, so nothing? Like, I'll give him five minutes. He doesn't say anything. He goes, well, if I apologize now, you'll be like, oh, I had to tell you to apologize. And I'm like, whatever, you know. And then I did just let it go. Okay. Um, so, you know, the, the where this is coming from, usually, I, I, I don't obviously don't know anything about your, your husband's situation, but, but uh, this usually comes from being raised in a household where it, was, it tends to be fairly authoritari- authoritarian, um, and uh, it wasn't safe to make mistakes, right? If you 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 made a mistake, you got you got you got in big trouble. Saying her husband was yeah, probably so, raised. Yeah, so he's he's putting somebody's head on your body and assuming that you know when he does anything wrong, if you correct him or ask him for that apology or tell him that you're hurt, you know he's he's going back to that time in his life where you know if he did anything wrong, he got his head handed to him. Um, I'm not justifying what he's doing. I'm saying that that's, it's coming from a, a, a place where he's wounded. Um, and that can give you some some ways in too. Um, so, for example, uh, well, you know, you, you, it's okay to say, "Look, you know, I, I'm not your enemy, but but you did hurt me," and I'm asking you know, and I'm asking you to recognize that what you did was hurt me, and and to rec- and to say you're not going to do it again. You're, you're you're coming off to me like like you're a little boy who's in trouble, and I want to punish you, and I want to pick on you. And I get that, but what I'm really saying to you is, you hurt me. And what I get back from you is, you don't care. Here are the reasons it's okay for me to hurt you, because A, B, and C. And that really stinks. Can you imagine how that feels to be in a a relationship with somebody who never recognizes how much I've been hurt? I'm not picking on you. I'm not attacking you. You're not in trouble. I'm saying that this behavior hurt me. Can you recognize that? And can we work together to make sure it doesn't happen again? Right. So I, I want you to, you need to recognize kind of where this resistance is coming from. He's not just being rude. He's, he is, <laughs> but, but the reason he's being rude is because it wasn't safe. He, somewhere along the line, he learned it wasn't safe for him to make a mistake. And he thinks that you're not telling him you're hurt. He thinks you're telling him he's been a bad boy and now he's going to get punished for it. So you want to try to address that deeper underlying self-talk that he's got going on. If he is unwilling to have that conversation with you, even when you bring that up and try to reframe your request for the apology or you're pointing out that you were hurt. And by the way, don't make sure that you're saying that you're hurt, okay? It's not, you know, what's wrong with you that you showed up so late, right? It's, you know, I'm just, I'm really hurt when I ask you for something and then you don't follow through and you, and you, and you, you just expect me to just roll with it. I, it really hurts my feelings when you don't take what I ask you to do seriously. It makes me sad. You know, talk about your feelings, not about the offense as much, okay? And, and then reframe that, the, what you're asking for. If that doesn't work, you're going to need to seek some professional help uh, for the deeper wound that, that needs to be healed that you might not be able to heal on your own. Uh, and, that, and, and he's not going to want to go to counseling. Uh, you know, men don't like to ask for directions, much less therapy. But I would suggest to you that it's your, at that point, you want to make the appointment and then just say, look, I understand that you're upset with me. 
and I understand, and I'm frustrated with with this, and we need help. So I've made an appointment, and I'm going, and I need you to come with me. If he doesn't come, you go, and you keep learning how to address these questions with him directly, um, and, and and set the boundaries where you need to set them. If we can help you with this, they're playing us out. So, if we can help you with this in a more personal way, don't hesitate to reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com to learn faithful ways to help your husband really hear what you're saying. Thanks for the call. Listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.